This is a Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles, presented by Tech One Designs, 204 Skate Shop, West Side Honda, Capital Motorsports, Golden Tire, and Trans Canada Motorsports out of Brandon, Manitoba. Motocross news from around the world. We're not experts, but we've got microphones. Check us out on the web at BigMXRadio.com. Welcome to the Big MX Show, brought to you by 204 Skate Shop, X-Brand Goggles, TransCanada Motorsports, Millennium Technologies, Capital Motorsports, Westside Honda, Golden Tire, and Roy Borton Suspension Systems. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, two of my very special friends, is Chris Mellon out in Selkirk, Manitoba. How's it going, guys? And, uh, and Michael Lessie. Five-time outdoor champion or outdoor national uh, winner in the states, and now he's recently added a Canadian national to his resume uh, after going three-one uh, in the in Nanaimo. How's it going there, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, my friend. It's a beautiful uh, Tuesday evening up here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, we're excited to have you on. Uh, thanks again for doing this. No problem. I'm glad to be here. Now, only only days removed from going 3-1 at Nanaimo and sharing the points lead with former champion Colton Fasciati. Uh, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. You know, I had a good time. I've been to Nanaimo this past weekend. Uh, it's great weather. Track was uh, pretty rocky, to say the least, but I thought the uh, the track overall was, was demanding and made it tough because uh, of, of all the rocks. So, overall, I had a great time. The fans were great to me, and uh, I definitely enjoyed myself. Awesome. Is there any track that you've ridden before that that uh, replicates that type of soil? Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. Honestly, you know, uh, it was extremely rocky and and obviously rough and bumpy. So that was, uh, you know, to be to be expected. Except for the rocks, you know, there's just really slippery. So once we got the bike figured out, um, we made some good changes in between motos and second moto. We came out firing. Excellent. Now, before we get too far into your nationals, I want to take a step back and chat a little bit about your Supercross season because it was one of the most successful you've ever had. Uh, you, you're, you're kind of labeled as an outdoor specialist, but this year, not only did you win a few uh, heat races, but you're also contending with some of the, the, the who's who in the sport, really establishing yourself as, uh, as one of those contenders to, uh, to be right inside that top five. How do you really grade your Supercross season? I thought the Supercross season was pretty good this year. We um, started off with a heat race win at Anaheim and, uh, you know, spiraled into another heat race win at Indianapolis and I was running second place in the main event. So I had a lot of uh, definitely some ups in, in, uh, in the Supercross for sure, as, as well as a couple of downs, but that's to be expected. Um, overall, though, I was pretty pleased with my Supercross performance and the way I was riding and uh, holding my own and finished top 10 in the Supercross standings, which was... Uh, very uh, respectable, so I was pretty happy with Supercross overall. Absolutely, I totally agree. You know, uh, it was it was labeled as a huge stacked field this year, and to be a top ten guy in that field is uh, is something that uh, you can definitely hang your hat on. Uh, at what point during that this Supercross season did your focus switch during the week to uh, training for outdoors? Well, uh, we really never focused on outdoors until Supercross was just about over. I tried to remain okay. focused 100% on Supercross because I knew that was where I wanted to be and I wanted to make sure I finished top 10 in the Supercross. So, uh, and, and really, uh, no point where we focused like, okay, we're done with Supercross, let's just focus on motocross. It was never that thought press, that thought process at all. At all. So, um, I wanted to finish Supercross strong and I wanted to finish top 10 and I achieved all of those goals. Excellent. That's got to be a great feeling uh, uh, going into the into the summer. I know uh, it's got to be good for the confidence. Um, who who do you train with during the week uh, that uh, allows you to prepare for these races? Just myself. Um, I just go do my thing and do my motos, and I don't I don't really have too many people around me, just uh, other than my team and uh, Smart Top Moto Contest supplying with a great motorcycle, and I'm able to just go do my motos and just do my thing. Excellent. Now, now you you said doing your thing. Every racer has to kind of do what works for them uh, in terms of their body composition. But what does Michael Lessi enjoy doing to train? Like what? How do like how do you get some enjoyment out of that? I just like to get on my bike and go road biking and just put in the time and put in the effort because I know it's going to pay off. You know, hard work always pays off, and uh, uh, that's 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 it. That's plain and simple. You know, uh, 
um, hard work comes before success in the dictionary. So that's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> that sounds like a mantra that you've uh, repeated to yourself quite often on those road bikes rides. That's right. You know, I just, I, I just want to keep, you know, getting better, faster, stronger every day and just uh, keep improving. Excellent. Now, um, this, how do your, how do your preparations differ this summer, uh, in training compared to seasons previous? Really nothing's different. Um, as far as training and riding, I still put in my miles, my bicycle, I still do my motos and my motorcycles. So, you know, everything's still as close all the same, just, uh, just taking a flight that's a little bit longer to the races instead of staying in America and hitting Vancouver week in and week out for my, uh, you know, transition to my next uh to the race you know from lax to vancouver then vancouver to whether it be nanaimo or this coming weekend be cambridge so yeah it's just about it just a travel distance definitely yeah a, a lot of uh, new destinations for you as well as uh, some new uh, some new tracks in fact two brand new tracks that you've never raced before and uh, to be honest there's not a whole lot of coverage that would allow you to really kind of get a good idea of what kind of tracks you'll be riding um how do you prepare for tracks that you've you've never seen before? And uh, when you do show up to a race day with a brand new track, how do you like to approach it? Well, I mean, as of right now, I'm just trying to figure out the tracks. You know, each week, week in and week out, watching them on YouTube, that's about all I can see. And as far as that, you know, I just try to prepare my best that I can for going into the weekend by, you know, knowing what I'm going up against by watching those YouTube videos and just being prepared the best that I can. Have you canvassed any uh, any local guys or any guys you know have raced up in Canada or for to what you can expect? Yeah, I, mean, I talked a little bit with Canary and uh, a couple of the other American kids that have been up there, and they, they kind of filled me in on what uh, what to expect and with the track and uh, the people. So, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Thanks to those guys, I got a little bit of a leg up. Now, I got to ask, uh, you've spent one weekend up in Canada so far. Have you been able to enjoy any uh, American or Canadian cuisine while you're up here, like uh, the uh, the fries, cheese, and gravy, better known as poutine? Oh, I thought that, you know, the food's good up there. And, you know, once I, you know, this is cool for me to be racing in Canada because I'm seeing a whole different part of the world that I've never seen before. So I'm pretty excited in that sense that I'm getting to travel and see all of Canada. Yeah, it's incredible that your uh, your team is back to you for this effort. I know Canadian fans are very excited to see you, and of course, the fans of the Big MX show are very excited to hear an uh, interview with you. Um, but also, some some familiar foes uh, while you're in uh, unfamiliar territory. You've got guys like uh, Kyle Chisholm, Bobby Keneary, Josh Hill. Uh, who do you look forward to battling with, and uh, who poses the biggest threat to uh, your success up here? Well, as of right now, it seems like all the guys are fast, and I'm still kind of learning the guys and who is going to be the main competitors. So as of right now, the whole field just seems pretty fast, and they're all really stacked, and uh, you know, it's hard to pinpoint one guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, everyone knows how to go fast up here, especially the guys that have been regularly coming up here. Uh, I think uh, I, the cream will rise to the top, and I'm confident you'll be able to do so. Uh, Chris, you're pretty quiet on the other on the other line there. Uh, you got any questions for Mr. Alessi? Well, yeah, no. I was just thinking when you're talking about um, coming up here, has you uh, have you changed much in your bike setup? I know we've only had a couple of motos um, on Canadian soil, but. Uh, changed your bike setup much from say the American nationals being that our tracks are a little bit smaller and tighter? Um, yeah, the bike set is pretty much the same. We try not to, to make too many changes just because once I get used to a setting that I like, we just stick with it and uh, we don't veer too far from it. Just maybe some hand guards to uh, protect you from the rocks like you're saying? Yeah, I mean, we ran hand guards this weekend, but as far as, like, uh, suspension-wise, we don't change too much. It's a couple of clickers here and there. That's about that's about it. Well, and uh, so one round so far, but in the uh, lights class, or the 250 class in Canada, it seems like there's uh, more two this year. What do you think of that rule, kind of bringing back the two strokes, and it seems like some people are really taking advantage of it? Yeah, it's cool to hear the two-strokes. I'm I'm pumped when I was up the races. I heard so many two-strokes, and it kind of reminded me of the old days, and uh, it was that was cool to hear. But yeah, as far as the two-strokes, it's uh, definitely I feel like an advantage in maybe one sense, and maybe a disadvantage in another. 
just depending on the tracks and uh, the start conditions. Well, for sure. And so this weekend, this sorry, this weekend, and uh, you got to get back onto a concrete start. Um, uh, you being obviously one of the best starters this sport has ever seen. Um, I got to pick your brain. Like, do you change your body positioning much on uh, concrete start compared to dirt, or um, just kind of stick with uh, what works? Oh yeah, it kind of reminded me of the old amateur days on the concrete starts, and I felt like I was back ten years ago getting ready for like Punk City or something, or all the amateur races yeah. that I did growing up. Uh, but as far as the technique, you have to sit back a little further, kind of get more of the weight on the back, so you can get better traction off the concrete. And that's about that's the only only difference really. Excellent. So, um, I, just one question that I had, like I, I, I we really expected you to uh, line up in Glen Helen two weeks ago um, for uh, the the first round of the AMA series. Um, run us through your decision to sit that uh, series out. I, I understand you may have been dealing with a bit of an illness, or uh, what had to do with that uh, that decision. Yeah, I got a little bit of food sickness the night before the race, and. Uh... Yeah, I was okay. una- un- unable to race and, uh, you know, I had to go to the hospital and get an IV. So once I got that done, you know, I was, I was deemed ne- not eligible to race. So, um, yeah, that, that was disappointing for sure. So I definitely ride good at going Helen and I definitely feel I would have definitely have had a good, good race and been on the podium possibly for sure. And, you know, as far as the team's decision to come to Canada, it's just, uh, something new, a breath of fresh air, you know, something we're going to try It's uh, you know, we want to try something new. And, you know, the, the outdoors get so monotonous and so uh, so routine that, uh, you know, we're kind of ready to step back and try something different, a little bit laid back, and uh, kind of go enjoy racing again. That's really the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, what was your first thought when uh, when Mike Genova uh, tells you that, uh, hey, we're going to Canada? Well, you know, that's... Uh, team's decision and uh you know chinova fully supports me and backs me 100 100 million percent really and i'm going to be there to support him in return and what he wants to do as a decision as a team as a team owner and i'm going to be that right there with him and uh what he wants to do now you, it looks like you've uh, gone with a different colorway for uh for the gear up in canada i love that uh, brand new jt stuff um what are some of the features and benefits of that J-Key gear? Like, uh, you're one of the only guys who's sporting it uh, in the States. Well, of course, uh, the rest of the Moto Concept team as well. But um, it really seems to work well with you. And, uh, like, what do you like so much about that gear? Uh, just that I got a good relationship with JT, And, uh, obviously, they have a great gear company. So, you know, that makes it easy to be uh, able to rock the, the new gear that they have. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited being in JT, And I look forward to many more years of being with them, hopefully. Yeah, that that black, so, well, that, oh, that black, red, and flow yellow, that was a sick look, man. Like, you uh, you had it going on there for sure. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, so what was your overall impression of uh, your first round up in the Canadian Series? Uh, obviously, uh, um, not not nearly as locked down maybe as the uh, the American Series. A lot more people able to walk in behind the uh, the starting gate from time to time and uh, but um, what was your overall impression of um, the the finished product of the uh, the first round of the Rock Rockstar Energy Nationals? My first impression was that I had a good time and I definitely enjoyed it. I uh, definitely look forward to coming back and uh, especially for this weekend at Kamloops and having a good race and uh, you know everybody treated it well and the fans, the riders. I just uh, I really enjoyed myself. The weather was pretty much the most imaginable best weather you could imagine going to ride a motorcycle in and that's basically what we raced in so i'm definitely looking forward to good weather like that for the rest of the season no it's definitely a beautiful landscape around uh, the nanaimo area there uh other than the rocks and stuff yeah when you're off the bike you'd be treated to some good views and some good uh surroundings yeah it's really really uh really nice it kind of reminds me a little bit of washougal with the scenery and, and the mountains and the trees and uh, all of the water. So, yeah, it's a really nice scenery. It's really pretty. So, you know, couldn't get much better than that. Put you in a great mood for racing. And now it's time for the Tech One Designs Word Association. We're going to run down, uh, looks like a list of about 12 um, little either. It's a, either a person, place, or thing. Basically something to um, get your mind going here uh, as fast as you can. The first thing that comes to your mind when I list one of these things off. Are you ready, Mike? Sure. No problem. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, the first thing on the list is 35 plus 2. The man, you got to be a man to do that. That's right. Canadian wilderness. What was the second question? Canadian wilderness. Oh, it's pretty. Really pretty. Monster girls. (laughs) No comment. Millville 2004. My rookie debut. Riding clinics. Going 1-1. Your your very best friend. Probably Vince Freeze. Mike Genova. The boss. I figured you'd say that. Video games. Uh, No video games. I don't do any of those. Chipotle. Place is great. Freestyle motocross. Uh, I guess Brian Deegan is what I would think of. Fair enough. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, Your motocross idol. Motocross idol? David Bailey. Little professor. Two strokes. I wish they would go back. And the 2004 CRF 450. What's your opinion on that bike there? The 2004 CRF 450? Yeah. That's, that's a long time ago. That's talk, you're talking a decade ago. Yeah. That's that's what you turned pro on, my friend. Yeah, I guess that's my answer a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, that's that's the word association we're going to move along with the uh, the interview. So moving forward, Mike, what are your goals going forward? Obviously, you want to win this championship, but how do you feel like you're going to be able to achieve that? Uh, the way I'm going to be able to achieve that is just going week to week and just focusing on myself and not worry about the other riders and just getting the best starts that I can and keep myself out of trouble. Definitely. Uh, like Obviously, you had a, had a little bit of a run-in with Colton Fasciati. Do you think that that's going to be a, a, a spirited rivalry going forward? Uh, like As you um, the two of you develop a, a reputation with, or a, a rapport with each other, learning how to race with each other, um, is that something you're going to have to worry about, or is that something you're just going to uh, take as it comes? No, I just worry about myself, and that's all I can do. It's all I can wor- worry about is myself. My class can just do the best that I can. Right on. And uh, like one of the questions I've always kind of wondered, you're running the 800, of course. That's, uh, that's, that's your number. You've had it since uh, a very young age. What, uh, why, why that number? Well, I've had it since I was you know, five years old. You know, um, it's just a number I picked up at World Mini back when I was uh, just a little kid. And it stuck with me, and I've ran it ever since. And I'm probably the one and only rider who's ever kept the same number throughout their whole amateur career through the pro professional career. So to me, it's, you know, it's kind of an honor to keep running it and, you know, something I'm proud of. Definitely. It's, it's something that sticks with you. And, uh, I think, uh, everyone can really, like, kind of identify with it. As soon as you see the 800 there, uh, you expect you to like, uh, a lightning out of the hole, uh, very smooth, calculated rider. And, um, it, that being said, um, how do you how do you hope to be uh, viewed by your fans? Like how like when when people when fans think of Michael Essie, how do you hope to that that, that they think of you? Now that I'm a hard worker and I work hard and try to be the best that I can every time, and I'm good with the fans, and obviously probably one of the best starters in the world, you know, that the world's ever seen. So I guess that would that's that I guess I'd be remembered for. Excellent. Now I think uh, I think Chris has some uh, some. Uh, would you rather questions for you? You have to pick one or the other. Um, these quick little, uh, basically, uh, it's um, you have to pick either, like, say it's a motocross or supercross. You have to pick one of the two. Uh, are you ready for a quick segment just like that? Sure. Right on. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, Mike. So pick your band quick here. Uh, hard pack or sand tracks? Uh, probably sand tracks. Uh, TV or movie, like at the end of the day when it's uh, all said and done? Uh, probably TV. TV? Okay, I got to ask. What's your, what's your favorite show that you're watching right now? Uh, I don't even know. I usually watch ESPN, Sports Center, just watching the highlights. 
Yeah, makes sense. There you go. Same here. Uh, Pamela Anderson or Carmen Electra? And we're talking pre-STDs. For sure, Pamela Anderson. Nice. Good call. Good call. She's from BC, too. (laughs) Uh, Inside line or rail the outside? Always inside. Nice. Uh, Fast car or lifted truck? Well, I I, I got one of each, but I like my truck. Attaboy. Uh, MC or RC? Are you more of a McGrath guy or a Carmichael fan? Probably MC because he's smooth, calculated, and uh, yeah, he's fast for sure. That's right. Two-stroke or four-stroke? got to pick the California boy. That's right. Two-stroke or four-stroke? Two-stroke or four-stroke? Oh, for sure, two-stroke. Do you own one right now? Uh, not well, kind of, not really. It's it's my it's my friend's two strokes, uh, what we had at the house, but he's uh, he loans it to us so we can ride it every now and then and when he's in town. So I wish I'd go back to two right strokes. On. The racing would be closer and a lot less injuries, and I believe that the racing costs would be a lot less expensive. It would be like way cheaper, and everybody could afford to go racing. I totally agree, my friend. I'm currently rocking a 2005 KX250 two-stroke, and I'll let you know she's pretty mint. But uh, go ahead. A couple more. Chris? Uh, Chipotle or In-N-Out? Oh, for sure, Chipotle. In-N-Out's not good for you. No, okay. (laughs) Okay, what if we're saying cheat date, we're not racing, it's September, nobody's looking, is it Chipotle or is it In-N-Out? No, it's Chipotle for sure. Always. And the last question, chocolate or vanilla? Uh, Neither. I don't like either. Not a fan of He likes, he's a tiger, tiger guy. Right on. Right on, uh, Mike. You know what? Really appreciate you coming on, my friend. Uh, You're you're an incredible interviewer. Really appreciate uh, you, you spending some time with us. Um, do you have any like closing statements or, or uh, some like uh, some people you'd like to thank? Yeah, I just want to thank all of the Moto Concept Smart Top Racing team for supporting me and backing me and being behind me. And uh, you know, without their support, you know, I wouldn't be able to be talking to you, find people, and being able to race in your beautiful country. So thanks to Mike Chinova and the decision that he wanted to come racing and spend his money and want to go support Canada. So thank you guys again for having me on the show. I appreciate it. We appreciate you coming on, my friend. We wish you the best of luck uh, in the series uh, to come, and uh, hopefully you have a lot of success. So uh, let's get that daddy ears on the phone so we can pick his brain. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Here he is. Right on. Okay, take it easy, Mike. Take care, Mike. Check out these commercials on Big MX Radio. So... Do you like stuff? Or possibly things? How about a huge selection of motocross and street bike gear from apparel brands like Troily Designs, Alias, Icon, and power bands every single color you can think of? How about 25 years of custom suspension and motor service for a full service shop? All of which you can find at Capital Motorsports. Mention this Big MX podcast to receive a VP gas can with spout for only $40, as well as 100% off your next set of motocross tires. Just kidding, we can't back that up, but ask for about it anyway. Check out Capital Motorsports at 157 St. Anne's Road, Winnipeg, Manitoba, or call them, not so toll free, at 204-237-6686. Make your way down to Westside Honda Polaris and check out the brand new Honda Grom. Honda's revolutionary 125cc fuel-injected mini-moto ultimate weapon. A must-see for all motocross enthusiasts. From the Grom to the usual suspects like the CBR600RR, CRF450R, Westside Honda Polaris of Suffolk, Manitoba has you covered. Check them out on the web at westsidehonda.ca. Call toll-free at one 888 
482-7782. Boom. Westside! Tony Alessi, the one and only. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing very good. How about you guys? Not too bad, not too bad. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, and we've got uh, two absolute legends of the sport. You, you yourself, obviously, uh, raising two of the the fastest racers in all the world, uh, and uh, and doing an amazing job of of managing the Moto Concepts team. Um, take us in a little bit into the mindset of deciding to go towards uh, the Canadian Series, and we're so excited to have you here. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thanks a lot for uh, you know obviously um, inviting us uh, on the radio show and welcoming us into your country. We really appreciate it. We, we appreciate you, my friend. So I think if you're asking what the mindset was, um, obviously yeah. uh, we've been racing the, uh, the Nationals in the U.S. for 10 years. And uh, for us, it was, just a, it was just time to do something different, you know? Um, and uh, as a team with the riders, team owner, everybody was on the same page that we just wanted to try something different, you know, and uh, we're not bound to the USA uh, or doing the USA mm-hmm. Nationals, it, and it is, there's nothing that's wrong with the Nationals, they're fine, it's just like uh, we wanted to try something different, and North America is just, like I said, it's just a quick up um, from where we are in the U.S., it's not like we're going to China or Brazil, we're just going up to, to Canada, North America, and running 10 races from basically from west to east. And so uh, we're looking to do something that's enjoyable, something that uh, is different, um, reach a different uh, audience in terms of rider, team, and uh, the promotion of the product, which uh, is the Smart Top hot tub cover. Absolutely. So how, like, uh, how does the overall impression of the Canadian series differ from the American series? Is it more of a relaxed uh, feeling at the races? Well, like my first impression was this. There was a Kawasaki semi there. There was a Honda semi there. There was a KTM semi there. It, it all looked the same to me, just different faces. Um, yep. It all looked the same in the pits, just different faces and uh, running stuff. But um, I would say that it was um, pretty calm you know, for the most part. Um, and uh, yep. We're a little bit more laid back. Say it again? We're a little bit more laid back. Yeah, it was calm, you know, um, and um, it wasn't like a lot of uh, the feeling of being pushed, you know, it felt very relaxed and casual. So um, it was more like what racing should be, you know. Um, it was, uh, we left there with smiles. We enjoyed ourselves. It was fun. The fans were great. Um, the riders are good. They're not. They're not slow by any means. So anybody that thinks that is out of their mind. Those guys are fast. They have good bikes, and the teams that are behind them are good. They're all good teams. So, uh, like I said, it's just like racing uh, in the U.S. Just uh, different faces, but the same programs that were out there. So how how have those new faces uh, received the Moto Concepts effort? Uh, were you were you received with open arms when you rolled into uh, Nanaimo? Uh, I would say that uh, they're not sure yet. You know, I think that they're just like, okay, well, there's a new team here, and you know, obviously there's a rider that has a top, you know, the top level rider in the U.S. that's here, right. and uh, I think that they're not sure, you know, um, about us or who we are or how we're going to race. And um, I think in terms of uh, the overall feel, I think they're just they're unsure, is what I thought. Fair enough. Now, uh, uh, Chris, I think you had a few questions basically about uh, uh, the machine in uh, in particular. Yeah, I was okay. thinking, Tony, because like, <clears throat> the rules are, are obviously a little bit different here in Canada. Does that allow you to maybe try some different things, or are you going to stick to tried and true and what you know is going to make it uh, to the final lap and the checkered flag? Well, you know, like, uh, are- we've, been working on the same bi- we've been working on the same bike now for a few years, Um I started with that particular bike, uh, I would say, what was it? It would have been the uh, winter, 2010, I started on that bike. And so, yeah. uh, for me, there's not really a lot to uh, to change. It's a pretty refined product. Um, a lot of riders at the, and even factories, when new models come out, they got to start over. We didn't do that. I've been riding the same model now for quite a while. 
And, um, you know, I think that we've, we have a, a really good package that we, that we operate with. We have, uh, plenty of parts. We know it, we know how to adjust the bike when it needs to be adjusted. Um, and, uh, we're really confident in the, uh, in the performance and, uh, the, well, I guess you could say the endurance of that motorcycle. So, uh, yeah. that's what we're sticking with. So what is the biggest uh, um, plus or what's the biggest advantage you have being able to uh, you're bringing an MCR 450 to the to the table obviously you said it's basically is it uh, um, based around the 2010 model of the of the uh, Suzuki uh, well it I mean it's a 2012 but it's the same bike okay that's been out there really since if you want to know the truth of the matter it's the same bike that's been out there since 2008. So uh, that particular really? model has uh, been out there for quite a few years. I would say whatever that is, eight to four, well, it'd be eight to twelve, to be honest. It's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So that particular model was out for five years. Yeah. Um, it's changed in thirteen. It changed again in fourteen. Um, but uh, like I said, I mean, the model that that we operate um, is based on a two thousand ten spec. So, uh, but it was a 2012 model bike, but a lot of the specs, um, internally, you know, came from 2010 and obviously Mike was a factory Suzuki rider in 2008 and 2009. So we learned a lot mm -hmm. about that particular bike, um, at the highest level in those two years. For sure. Excellent. So does that uh, allow you to come in feeling like you have a leg up on your uh, competition, knowing that you know that machine inside and out and exactly how to make it do what it needs to do when it needs to do it? Oh, I don't know if it's given us a leg up. I mean, obviously, there's guys out there that are working with current bikes. I think that um, I think the factory KTM team that's up there looks like they uh, they have quite a good bike, you know, and I think that their personnel look like they're top notch. And um, also the Monster Energy Kawasaki team as well. They uh, they have good people there, and their bikes are good. So um, you know, and I and I think they're getting some technology from the U.S. Obviously, they um, they had to do some uh, horse trading with their riders. And usually, there's uh, when you're bargaining like that, you you get something on the other side. Usually, it's technical support. So I would say that they uh, there's some good motorcycles that are out there. Um, for me. Uh, I don't call it an advantage. I just call it um, the best situation for us. You know, if I uh, if I don't have to use a new model bike and spend the team's money to test new parts and develop new products, uh, I'm doing better work for the team. You know, and especially if we have a competitive, you know, motorcycle. If our bike wasn't competitive, then I would say that we'd have to go back to the drawing board. But I think our bike is very competitive, and uh, I think that we'll stick with the plan that we have. Absolutely. No, it looks like the, the bike's working great under Mike, and uh, he definitely is comfortable with it, and that's definitely a plus. Um, how does, um, like, from your from your standpoint, like, uh, Mike's out there, he's putting in the work on the in the gym, on the road bike, and uh, and training. Um, what is What role do you play in uh, preparing the team to, to head up uh, to Canada? Are you, are you on YouTube checking out the tracks? Are you, uh, like, uh, how do you prepare for that? Well, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, we have to prepare everything for 10 races. So uh, once the truck right. is up there, um, you know, we have to have enough material to go 10, 10 weekends of racing. So that means engine, suspension, parts, clutch plates. Um, you know, and obviously all of that stuff has to be planned in advance. It has to be uh, purchased because we don't have factory support from Suzuki or Honda. Mm -hmm. So uh, the material has to be purchased, it has to be put in the truck, it has to be documented to go across the border, um, and then um, obviously that's just one phase of the whole thing. Uh, the second phase is they're obviously having the riders prepared um, to have the mechanics ready uh, to, uh, to know your game plan, you know, and um, to have everything in place to go race 10 weekends of racing. And uh, basically, for us, a foreign country. No, you, you've definitely constructed an incredible team to uh, execute this endeavor up in Canada. Uh, tell us a little bit about the decision to bring on Vince Freeze. Uh, um, Mike uh, 
saying earlier that uh, he was one of his best friends is Vince. Uh, what what all went into the decision of bringing Vince on? And uh, also, of course, you've got uh, Kyle Cunningham and Colton X also still running the uh, the Smart Top uh, uh, logos uh, during the uh, Canadian or the American series. Well, um, obviously, I was I wanted to hire Vince Reed at the beginning of the season, but uh, I was not able right. to to get him. I knew that uh, he had the ability to be a possible podium guy in the uh, East Coast Supercross, and I was really interested in in, in hiring him, but uh, I wasn't able to get him. You know, and so uh, um, when the opportunity came uh, again to hire Vince Reed, and uh, I jumped on it. You know, because uh, He's a guy that I believe in. Um, obviously, he proved uh, last year to finish fourth in the Supercross Series West. He was third this year with a podium, and uh, so he's obviously improving. He's uh, a very aggressive rider on the track. He's easy to work with um, in terms of uh, testing and setting up the bike. He's uh, he's a very uh, he's a professional, you know. And like a a lot of riders that are out there are difficult to work with. He comes quite easy, and uh, he's also versatile. He can ride a 250 and a 450 equally good. So um, I'm hoping that we can um, have Vince Freeze for many years in the future. So see with no, he so- seems like a very, very driven individual. Uh, obviously, uh, comes comes to the track every day to work. Um, what are the, some of the benefits that he brings to the table in terms of uh, um, team unity? Well, I mean, I mean, don't get this the wrong way, or I'm saying anything weird, but he's like a he's a good looking guy, you know what I'm saying? So like he's popular in the pits as far as the fans are concerned. Um, maybe mostly the female gender. So uh, yeah. he, has his, he has his own he has his own uh, Fabio kind of look about him or whatever, and following the people that uh, that are interested in his racing and riding, which also um, you know is good for our team in terms of publicity and and fan support. And uh, so, um, like I said, I think he's the, for me, I, I think he's a great asset to our team. So, see, what, Tony, um, with his bike, uh, what model is he running? Because with the new Honda coming out and that, like, have you guys tested that and gone off your past, uh, like, kind of supercross settings with that? Or have you had to start new going into the outdoors? No, he rides a 2013 Honda because, I same thing, I think that that bike's better than yeah. the current model that's out there. So, uh, and we've had a lot of uh, time in with that bike in years past. So, because um, it's similar to the 12 and 11 and 10. And so, again, yep. I had a lot of parts and I just uh, stuck with the program that we knew worked good. Yeah, tried and true never hurts. So, um, do you plan on doing any uh, American Nationals whatsoever? I know there's a couple of times where the, uh, the Canadian uh, series allows for a few riders to do select rounds in the American series or are you guys completely dedicated to doing only uh, the Canadian rounds? Well, I'd like to say that anything is possible. So uh, that's about all I can really um, elaborate with. I would say that anything is possible. Not ruling anything out, including the fact that if uh, if Mike is to win a Canadian national championship, I can't help but think that he wouldn't be uh, feeling a very co- feeling feeling very confident and uh, almost poised to represent uh, this the America at the motocross nations. Is that something that you guys would entertain as well? Um, I think we're if we ride the motocross nations, uh, that would have to be something that would have to be a Roger DeCoster decision. Uh, right. I think the three right. people that um, that make that decision are Roger DeCoster, Davey Coombs, and um, I think Mitch Payton. So I think okay. that, I think their allegiance would be towards riders that are competing in the American Series. I I agree with you on that one. Um, just as a side note, it's got me thinking for a half a second there. Uh, you've got another son who uh, also is uh, pretty skilled on a motocross bike. You're able to uh, pull out. Uh, bring out two uh, professional motocross races, the 801. How is Jeff, and uh, and what's new in his world? Um, obviously, Jeff got himself in trouble with playing with lasers last year at the uh, National Series, um, and he got himself oh. uh, a little bit of a ban from the American scene there for a while, but uh, that ban's been lifted, and uh, he'll be racing nice. some pro-am events uh, later this fall. Um um, with uh, the folks that run the Mill Creek um, program uh, down in that area. So, uh, 
Right, that's uh, Alan McWilliams and RPM Sports. They run uh, that national Mill Creek. So we'll be down there probably riding four or five of those uh, events. And then um, if all goes well um, and he uh, puts in the, you know, what the effort that's required to be a top rider, uh, then, you know, there's anything's possible at that point, you know. Uh, Mike Genova um, has uh, a big heart for Jeff Alessi. And so I could see that there could be a future there, but obviously um, everything's in his hands at this moment. So he he knows what he has to do to be back uh, in the program and racing, and so uh, it's up to him at this point. Definitely, we I, I would love to see the uh, the eight hundred one. Uh, hopefully, if there's if there's any possibility of to see uh, if he's able to to get every, put all of his ducks in a row, maybe even see him uh, um, up in Canada by the end of the summer, or no? No, it's unlikely that you'll see him. I think that his uh, okay. schedule looks something like September, October, November pro am. I think he has to compete in okay. five of them uh, with a clear record. And then uh, from there, um, if he chooses to ride some Supercross, he's eligible to do that. Um, but again, a lot of that is based on the fact that he puts in the required effort to be competitive at that level. And, um, you know, anything is possible at that point in 2015. Excellent. Well, you know what? We, we do wish Jeff mm-hmm. all the best of luck. I know uh, he's uh, he's a very strong rider. He's very strong-willed, and he's he's got the determination. And if he's able to put uh, all of uh, his efforts uh, in the right spot, I know he can be successful. Uh, getting back to uh, the Moto Concepts effort, uh, what are your expectations going forward for this season? Uh, obviously, uh, you set goals, and, uh, and what are those goals, and how do you plan to go about achieving them uh, with the team that you have? Well, honestly, um, it, it, it probably would be different than what you're expecting to hear. Um, okay. I would say that uh, first and foremost, we're going to race where we can enjoy it, you know? So that's first and foremost. Win, you know, finish fifth, finish tenth, whatever it is, is not really the, uh, is not really the goal. The goal is really to go up there, enjoy racing, um, to uh, to meet some fans, to make some fans, to uh, see the track, see the country, and, uh, to, and to just to go and race motorcycles to get back to what why we do it, which is to uh, for the enjoyment factor of the whole thing. So um, I don't know how else to say it other than that, but that's the reality of it, um, and that's why we're there. Excellent. You know what? That's a great attitude to come in with, Tony. That's uh, that's the kind of attitude I like to hear because that means that you're coming in with an open heart, an open mind, and you're really coming in for the enjoyment of the sport. And in in the essence of it, isn't that why we all got into this in the first place? Absolutely. And uh, I would say that you probably, um, if, you, if you tried to quiz the top 10 riders on some kind of a lie detector machine or whatever, you would find that probably... Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 are not not that thrilled about their situation, you know? And uh, so mm-hmm. for me and for the team and for obviously Michael Essie and Vince Reed, um, I saw an opportunity to uh, turn the coin to the other side, you know? And uh, I, I want us to get back to the roots of why we race, you know, and why we do this. And the reason that we've all been involved with it our whole lives is because it was something that, um, we were excited about, enjoyed doing, not a grind of, uh, you know, of, of week to week and, um, you know, uh, of, of something that wasn't that fun to do. I mean, there's, there's a reason that certain guys are not present in the, the current national series. And, I mean, I think that their demeanor and their comments preseason um, spelled it out pretty clearly, you know. And, and all that that was was uh, basically um, – the comments and the demeanor and the feeling of probably most of the riders in the top 10. So um, for us, it was, uh, we saw the, an escape route, and um, I don't want to use the word escape route like we were running from something, but we were going yeah. mm-hmm. someplace where we could say at the end of the day that, hey, that felt good today. You know what I'm saying? That felt right. Um, and, Back to uh, basics. and so that's, uh, that was our, that's what we're aspiring to do. And I believe that that's what's happening. So, um, 
and I think it was a very, very good choice. And I commend Mike Genova for his uh, thoughts and input. And uh, and I'm I'm glad that um, he was uh, convincing enough to all of us, and well, those of us that chose to stick with him, and and do the you know stay the course of uh, this new program, and we love it. Absolutely. You know what, my friend? That's uh, that's the right attitude to come into uh, the Canadian Nationals with, and you will have fun up here. You're going to absolutely love Kamloops, that whole area. It's a gorgeous place to be. Uh, on, uh, obviously, flying into Regina, Saskatchewan, uh, I can't guarantee that's going to be a whole lot of fun. That's flat as that's a, as flat as a board, my friend. But uh, you're going to have a, a great time up here, and uh, I look forward to uh, to meeting you uh, once again down in in Regina. Uh, like I, we're going to attend the Regina National uh, this summer, and uh, you know we wish you all the best of luck. Uh, who do you want to thank for making all of this possible? Obviously, Mike Genome is a huge uh, con- contributor, but there's a whole lot more people behind the scenes that are pu- putting things in, uh, putting wheels in motion. So. Uh, um, this is that time where you'd be able to acknowledge those people uh, that allow this to happen. Well, honestly, I know that that uh, is a great question to ask. And, you know, there's obviously sponsors and there's the team support and there's the mechanics, obviously. But obviously, I'd like to thank Mike Lefty, obviously, because without Mike Lefty yeah. and his um, <coughs> ability to race and, and ride at such a high level, um, I mean, I would not exist, you know? So, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so really... Uh, I I would say the biggest thank you goes to him and um, his ability to be who he is because it makes him me who I am. So uh, I would say that that's my biggest thank you. Excellent. No, it's uh, it's a touching sentiment to know that you're you, you are you are very proud of your son, uh, Tony, and and we're proud of him, and we're uh, we're excited to uh, to see him race and do his thing. I know he's going to have a lot of success up here, and uh, we wish you guys all the best. Uh, we thank you for taking well, some here, time with uh, us well, tonight. Just one one, and, one uh, last oh, thing, Tony. I'm sure you watched the. Uh, go ahead, I'm sure you've watched Glenn Helen and Hangtown. I was just curious to uh, pick your brain. What do you think of the Yamaha 250s? And the guys, uh, Jeremy Martin, Cooper Webb, with the, the show they've been putting on down in the States, if uh, you got to watch those races. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, today, we rode at Competitive Edge, and um, the points leader from Canada, the points leader from Australia, the points leader in the 250 national class, and the, two, and the points leader in the 450 national class were all in attendance at the same time at the same place. Nice. So, um, cool. I thought that was... I thought it was pretty funny, you know, that they were all there at the same time at the same place. Um, I watched Jeremy Martin ride, and, I mean, obviously, anybody who's involved in racing right now knows that he's riding at a level that is simply amazing. Um, We also, everybody knows that that Yamaha 250 right now is absolutely the cat's meow. Um, I'm not just saying his bike. I mean, go ride a stock Yamaha 250 and throw a pipe on it, and you'd be amazed at how good that thing is. And uh, so I would say that that Yamaha 250 is is the cat's meow right now. And uh, those riders are enjoying having that level of uh, of an edge on the competition for sure. Yeah, because that's what we were saying in one of the, our previous podcasts here. Um, if I had my choice to ride any bike in the 250 class, it would be one of those, which in when was the last time you'd say that over, say, a Pro Circuit Kawasaki or a Geico Honda, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah and they like just I said, they for did... me because because we don't have manufacturer support, I don't have to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. What is and what isn't. Exactly. Know, and, that's uh, like part said, of the reason I wanted to pick your brain. Wrote, yeah, I rode that Yamaha 250 about I don't know four months ago, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? This thing is that good?" <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, it's no secret that we were trying to uh, hire Chris Porcel, and Chris Porcel yeah. wanted a Yamaha 250, and so. Um, we, you know, we traveled down to uh, Florida, the southern part of Florida, to his house back in the beginning parts of, well, actually, at the end of actually last year as I was recruiting him because I wanted him on the team. And um, and so uh, I got to learn a lot about that motorcycle and, and his situation. And for sure, he was somebody that we wanted to hire. But uh, obviously, um, he's uh, not a low-budget guy to operate. And so yeah. uh, he was slightly out of our out of our league, you know what I'm saying? But I did have an opportunity mm-hmm. to ride that bike around a little bit and look at it and know about it, and I was like, man, this thing is really good. So, 
Tony, are you telling us that, that you're one of the secret test riders for Moto Concepts? Oh, I ride every single motorcycle. Any change that we do on the bike, we I ride it for sure. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm not telling you that I'm some great rider, but for sure, anything that we do on the bikes before it goes to a rider, I ride it around a little bit and and, and analyze it and check it out and before we send it over to the guys. You know, then at least yeah, then, that's they, interesting to find out that A, B, or C. I kind of already have an idea yeah. of what oh, no, they're I, what they're talking about. That's interesting to find out that uh, that you do, in fact, regardless of skill level, you do throw a leg over the bike, and uh, uh, that the uh, that Tony might might have some skills himself to uh, to to know how to tune in a bike. See, and that was actually one of my questions: is uh, Tony like what is? Uh, did you race uh, back in your youth, or what's what brought you into this motocross community? Yeah, I've actually I started in motocross in 1978. And I nice. uh, raced from 78 until 1984. Um, and then uh, from 84 to current, I think I've done every single possible job in the sport. You know, um, announcer, yeah. cycle news, cycle news mm-hmm. reporter, motocross action, dirt rider magazine, all those, uh, those media type jobs I've done of all. Uh, I was a flagger. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Uh, uh, obviously a mini dad, a famous mini dad of all, yes. you know, whatever. Very. Uh, yeah. And, um, um, what else? And, uh, team manager now and, uh, worked on bikes as a mechanic. So yeah, test I rider. I've pretty much done. Yeah. Test rider. I think I've pretty much done everything that could be done. You know, I'm sure they'll find more things for me to do before it's over. Uh, like do you drive the semi? Uh, I can. I haven't drove it yet, but I mean, I can. I can drive it in my. Oh, that's what Perfect. I'm well, wow. I'm a track, so... I forgot. I'm a track builder. Uh, I can yeah. operate yes. all the equipment now. Bulldozer, water truck, skid steer. Um, so uh, yeah, I can do all the anything that has to do with the track. I can do. So yeah, I've done pretty much a lot of things in the sport for sure. Excellent. You know what? That's that's awesome. That's a well-rounded individual. And uh, like I said, we appreciate your time, man. I uh, really ha- like uh, was very excited to get uh, your message today that you're interested in doing the show with us. And uh, as the season progresses, I would love to be able to have you on uh, in the future so that we can uh, uh, get get to know you guys a little bit more, uh, get our fans to hear more about you, and uh, get your take on your first experiences with the Canadian Nationals. Anytime. It'd be my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having uh, for coming on there, Tony. You're welcome. Hopefully, uh, we'll see you there in the next uh, couple races, and we'll uh, we'll do some pit talking. Thank you for listening to the Big MX podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at bigmxradio.com for more content.